We're going to rehearse again live. (laughs) (laughs) That surprised you? I did. You nervous? Yep, very nervous. I never never get this right. (laughs) Here we go. Brothers and sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School, brought to you by Masterclass. Howdy, I'm your host, Matt King, at Show Creator Studio South. Today, we're talking about the origin of the phrase, (laughs) ta-da! Here he is, preaching the love, (laughs) Pendulette. Pendulette brought to you by Masterclass. And uh, Masterclass <laughs> is, uh, well, is lifelong learning. How do you do that? Lifelong learning. And uh, we'll talk a lot more about Masterclass. But right now, you can just save yourself some time. Get 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash pen. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash pen. Masterclass.com slash pen. Okay, now we can actually talk. Now, uh, you did really well on the introduction. Oh, thank you. It's, I'm very you, nervous about you've it. You've done them three or four times before. At least. And they've always been piss poor. That was good, you think? Well, I know. But, okay. Oh, I see. see. I see. No, no. In we, comparison. We're, we're great. It went it. from one to three on a scale of 10. <laughs> yeah. You remember how happy you were when you found out in school they were grading on a curve? No. You don't? No, no, no. That was that meant everybody was as good as me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were, you were a very good student. I was a very good student. Oh, so you didn't like that? No, you were a good student too. No, yes, you were. No, hundred percent, you were a good student. <laughs> no, I was not. A good yeah, you were. Hundred <laughs> percent. You, you claim to be not a good student, but it's a hundred percent impossible <laughs> that you were a bad student. You might have been an asshole, <laughs> but you, you were a good student. I might have been an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You you might be an asshole. <laughs> so, uh, what are you reading, Matt King? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I just finished a very interesting book that my daughter gave me for Christmas, Yellow Face. No, I don't know this. You don't know this? No. So, we have a phrase at my house, outbursting out. Outbursting out? Yeah, outbursting out. And it comes from my wife when uh, we lived in L.A., one of her early jobs after her degree was uh, she ran group counseling sessions at this facility for, like, children criminals. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I have experience with children criminals. Yeah. So these kids, when one kid would get out of control in this group, he said, he's about bursting out. (laughs) (laughs) And so we just liked that phrase. So I've never read a book where I outbursted out more, meaning I, I exclaimed out loud. Really? While I was reading this book. Everyone in it is an asshole. The premise is this popular young Asian writer dies, and one of her friends is with her when she dies, who's also an author, and that person steals an uncompleted manuscript from her desk and then publishes that as her own. But this this person is white, and it's a, a novel about a fictionalized account of Oh, I see. Yeah. So yellow face is, is a reference to blackface. Yeah, yep. Yeah. 
Yep. Which I guess is also used, isn't it? For like I believe that's Charlie correct. Charlie Chan movies and yeah, so on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okido, perhaps. Uh-huh. <laughs> to put it in magic terms. <laughs> yeah, to put it in magic magic terms. You should it, explain who Okido was. Uh, Okido we can take was, time to yeah. explain that. <laughs> Okido was a, a, a Dutch magician, lived in the U.S. Bamberger? Uh, Bamberg. Bamberg. Yeah. Bamberg. yeah. And the long line of Bamberg magicians. His dad was, you know, he was like the sixth in this Bamberg dynasty of magic. And a very small dynasty. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, smaller than the duck dynasty. Really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so did, you never saw that show when it was here, did you? The, the live show? Yeah. There was a live show of Duck Dynasty? Yeah, 100%. There was a, yeah, a live show of Duck Dynasty. Anyway. I think it was at your casino. It, yeah, I think it was at the Rio <laughs> when you were there. Well, we've now proven. <laughs> my, my friend, Tony, Tony Fitzpatrick in Chicago. Uh, the Stones did a surprise show to check out some equipment, some new songs for a small crowd directly across the street from the studio where he where he lives and works. And he said that he knew about it in advance. And he said, "I have now proven I will not cross the street to see the Rolling <laughs> would, Stones." Yeah, you, yeah, you wouldn't go across the hallway. <laughs> Did you go see Duck Dynasty? No, I didn't go to see Duck Dynasty. Okay. But I knew it was there because the woman who used to work for me was the stage manager. And what did she say about that show? I, I don't know. I don't want to get her in trouble. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's she was very complimentary of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway. You was, just did this thing oh. that I really don't like. Oh, sorry. Okay. I once had a guy say to me, this is, this is a horrible thing. I want you to get ready. I want you to do not, do not get sucked into this because it really hurt my, it broke my heart. No, I'm going to, I'm going to be here quiet while okay. you do this. Okay. He said to me, you know, those, uh, trucks that carry cars, like they have like eight cars on them and they're like going down the highway. Do you ever see one of those cars come loose, come off the back while they're going like 70 miles an hour? And I said, no, have you? And he said, no. I don't think you're supposed to bring something up like that unless you have a story. Duck Dynasty? You're not supposed to say, did you see Duck Dynasty without being able to say, I saw it and it was. Oh, I see. See what I mean? Well, I I figured you'd seen it since. (laughs) (laughs) You would have been, you would have certainly. At least through Glenn, been invited to the opening. Okay, okay, but if Duck Dynasty, I think I was invited to the opening because of my relationship to the stage manager. Too. But anyway, neither of us went. Okay, so I'm sorry. And also, yeah, I owe you an apology and all your listeners. You're very your, sorry. Your relationship, not just your relationship to the stage manager, right? But also your relationship to the geography of the United States of America. I got you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I want to tell you something. I believe if Duck Dynasty were performing right, uh, right there, I don't think I'd turn my head. All right. If I uh, might interrupt. Yeah. I you didn't what? see it either. <laughs> <laughs> what could they have possibly done? I, I don't know. I believe it was a musical. <laughs> Did you ever see the show Duck Dynasty? Uh, no. No, me neither. So we don't know anything. It might have been Wait, the greatest why, thing. Why ever. would you say that and then not have a story? Ah, oh, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> you, 
Okay. I, I, this is the rest of my life. All right. This is the rest of my life. All right. Okay. Uh, Akita. But wait, wait. We were talking about uh, what we were talking about is the book Yellow Face. No. But Bamberg. Bamberg Dynasty. <laughs> and uh, Okito was uh, Theo Bamberg, and he performed uh, as a Chinese man. And I'm pretty sure there was makeup involved mm -hmm. in that. He would pretend to be Chinese. And Chung Ling Su. Chung Ling Su, yeah. And there was a real Ching Ling Fu who all those guys copied, mm. I think. Al Jolson did not claim to be African-American. That was the weird thing well, about right. these yeah, magicians. So, yeah, so Okito, I mean, offstage, onstage, he had an interpreter and... I believe, or I, I, it's weird, right? Yeah. And he spoke no Chinese. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the level of performance art, albeit racist performance art, that's pretty deep. Yeah. This is, this is Andy Kaufman level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, is it? <laughs> well, yes, but no, it's, it's not clever. It's not good. It's racist. But it is, I was told when we went in, when we were touring kind of the same route that Spinal Tap was touring, Stagehand said that the, the Spinal Tap were in character from the moment they came in, which surprises me. Yeah. You wouldn't think that no, those I guys would, would do it. No. Although um, um, uh, Christopher Guest is so fucking crazy. Yeah. 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 I was backstage at a Spinal Tap show. And you could talk to the other ones in the band. But Christopher Guest, who was a, a big hero to me, uh, is out of his fucking mind. And I talked to Jamie Lee Curtis about him, right? Who you'd think she'd know a little bit about him being his wife. Yeah. And she said he's out of his fucking mind. <laughs> ah, well, but she must care for him. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Yellow Yellow face. face. Yeah. I outburst out almost every page because of the atrociousness of everyone, every person in it. I've n I don't remember ever reading anything, and I almost didn't finish it because I, I, I was so put off by everyone in that book. And I read it because my daughter gave it to me for Christmas, and she had loved it. And I finished it out of Well, guilt. she has more experience with being surrounded by bad people than perhaps you do. And maybe that's it. <laughs> So she got me that book because she had loved it. And, and also to point out that she wanted to tell you in a passive-aggressive way that you were all awful people. No, no, no. She has no qualms <laughs> about saying that <laughs> in a direct, forthright manner to my face. I see. <laughs> yeah. So I read that. Do you think it's a good book? Um, no. I mean, it's okay. I wouldn't have finished it. I got partway through and I'm like, I hate everybody in this. And there's no, I don't, it's just, everybody's a jerk. It's interesting. And it's about the publishing industry too. I mean, there's that too. And everybody in that is kind of an asshole. Well, I think that's common knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about, you know, Twitter verse and that kind of shit uh, too, right? So, oh yeah. yeah so. A lot of stuff to make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. On the other hand, I just finished a book, yeah. um, Niagara Falls all over again. Oh, I don't know. Now, now, Elizabeth McCracken. You know Elizabeth McCracken. Do I? Uh, 
one of my favorite, my two favorite living writers, Nicholson Baker. Uh-huh. And, well, I've read a lot of. And Elizabeth McCracken. All right. And Elizabeth McCracken wrote a book called The Giant's House that I've talked about before. It, it's incredible. And I, you, you know this about me, and I've, I think I've even done it with you. I write fan letters. You know that. Yeah. So I read the Elizabeth McCracken, The Giant's House, and it destroyed me. I thought it was so good. And I wrote her a fan letter. And then uh, she wrote me back, and we've become kind of pen pal friends. As a matter of fact, I've asked her to be on this show, and she, uh, I've never seen anyone have a more negative reaction. No, I can't talk. What, no, no. Maybe she just hates me and the show. She is a, uh, a terrific writer. And this book you might be interested in. Niagara so Niagara Falls all over again. Yeah. I would say read The Giant's House first. Okay. Because The Giant's House is just, every instant of it is fabulous. And this one's great too. But The Giant's House, here's what will surprise you about it. It is, I believe, and I didn't realize this until I finished reading it, I believe it's a romance novel. Oh. And you probably don't read romance novels. Not a... Not too much, yeah. no. <laughs> so my, it might, uh, this, this, yeah. you might, you, now that I've said that, you'll realize, but you might not have realized until the end of it. But Niagara Falls all over again, I was terrified to read. Oh, because you didn't want it to be disappointing. Well, no, I read a lot of her other books oh, and they were all great. But Niagara Falls all over again, it was the subject that terrified me. Because the book is about a team, comedy team, two men who've been together for 50 years. Oh. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, if this is too good, it's going to kill me. And if this is bad, it's going to kill me. I don't think there's a way to win. Oh, yeah. And it ended up, it's very, very, very good. And it is insightful about things about me that I didn't necessarily want to be pointed out, but it's pointed out in such a beautiful, skilled way that I was kind of okay. So now, do you think it's universal? I mean, do you think it applies to like the Smothers Brothers and some Martin of the and Lewis? Some and, of the stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. of the stuff. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I would say it probably applies um, much more to Martin and Lewis uh, and, uh, and other comedy teams than it does to us. Because, uh, you know, the unusual thing about our comedy team is we, Teller and I didn't start out in love, which almost every other comedy team does. So you don't have those weird ups and downs. Our relationship was intellectual and business. And, you know, Lennon McCartney were just madly in love. So when they break up, it's a horrible, horrible thing. But if you're just two guys working at a 7-Eleven, which is the way Teller and I see ourselves, you know. If the guy who's cleaning the slurping machine pisses you off that day, who cares, right? So that's, that's kind of the way Penn and Teller have stayed together. Respect is more durable than love. And this is definitely about uh, two men performing who have a, have a love affair. Uh, yeah. It's really, really good. I mean, the way, uh, the way she writes is, uh, is terrific. Uh, you know, good writing happens at every level, right? Every sentence is yeah, beautiful. Yeah, 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 And there's ideas in it. And then the overall book is really good. And you don't usually get that. You usually get, boy, this is a great idea, and the prose is 
acceptable, you know, serviceable, or you get, boy, every sentence of this is great, and I don't know if it's building up to anything. But when they just both, like Elizabeth McCracken, it's uh, it's pretty wonderful. Excellent. Do you know Lemony Snicket? Do you know who that is? Uh, yeah, it was a movie, right? Well, it's a, Lemony Snicket is a author pseudonym for a guy named Daniel Handler. He wrote the series of unfortunate events, which is like a kid's book series, which I quite liked. I read them to Eli when she was little. Mm -hmm. And they made a great TV series of it with Neil Patrick Harris in it. Mm -hmm. But he wrote a book of philosophy for all ages. Lemony Snicket? Yeah. Under the name Lemony Snicket. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and it's uh, called Poison for Breakfast. Mm -hmm. And it's about the character, Lemony Snicket, after he's eaten his breakfast, he finds a note. It says, there was poison in your breakfast. And now he has to investigate who would try to kill him with by poisoning his breakfast. And so he goes around town talking to people, but it's also a novel of philosophy. And, and it's for all ages? Yeah. Because I'm always creeped out by adults that read children's books. Oh. Unless you're reading them to a child. Really? Like when I, friends of mine who've read, um, the Harry Potter stuff, I kind of like go, oh, okay. Yeah, but you're, yeah, but you're creeped out by it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. You're not. Nah, I don't care what people read. <laughs> no, I, I, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't ca- calling for a program. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't. Kill them all. Yeah, I wasn't, I, that is not what I was actually saying. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm just saying. I misinterpreted your <laughs> vehemence against this thing. Uh, no, you know, there's no vehemence. Okay. <laughs> a little creepy. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and there's, you know, there's certainly things that people that we love do that are a little creepy. Yeah. So. Especially if we have our circle of friends. And, and, and but uh, your pal and mine wrote the introduction. Who's that? Uh, Neil Gaiman. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, taking a page from your book, I was like, you know, I kind of like to write this guy mm-hmm. a little fan letter. Penn does that. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't figure out how to write this guy. Mm-hmm. And so, and I didn't have Neil's contact information, but I, because my wife is the executor of the Max Maven estate, I thought, well, you know, Neil's going to get posthumous email from Max because <laughs> we have his computer. <laughs> but I didn't do that. So, oh. But I just had dinner with your pal, Neil, on Sunday, this past Sunday. Uh, Where? In L.A. Oh, in L.A. Neil's in L.A. now? Yeah, he was in L.A. had dinner, actually on Monday, him and Eric Mead. And Goodness. yeah, I drove over. Since was, Thomas Jefferson dined alone. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> So I'm having dinner with Neil uh-huh. and Stephen Tobolowsky, the guy from Groundhog Day yeah. and Memento and a bunch of other stuff, and Eric Mead. And, and so I told that to Neil and he, that, oh, I was almost emailed you from the Max Maven AOL account. <laughs> and he said, oh, that would have freaked me out. So that was yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, and did you get in touch with Lemony? I have not gotten in touch. You know, I said, please pass along. And he said he would, but I can't imagine. He he's would a liar. Said, yeah, he's a big liar. He's a big liar. And Neil Gaiman, all he does is fucking lie. Yeah. But we had a lovely dinner mm-hmm. and uh, got to see Eric Mead work behind the bar at the Magic Castle. And oh, he you was, had dinner at the Magic Castle? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know how that would, yeah. Uh, I like dinner at the Magic Castle, actually, but I saw Eric Mead's lecture on Sunday mm-hmm. 
at the Magic Castle Sunday afternoon. Was that, that was great. Dinner with Randy and Christy Pitchford and Handsome Jack and Eric mm -hmm. after the at lecture, and then watched Eric that night. And he's wonderful. And he was unbelievable behind, behind the bar. His lecture was one of the best magic lectures I've ever seen. He just he did one trick and then then just talked about being a personable magician, which I thought was really swell. How about being a personal magician? That's really interesting. Yeah, it was great. And so it was quite lovely. And then Monday night, not since Thomas Jefferson dined alone, <laughs> the four of us had a nice meal. Out. Not at the Magic Castle. Yeah. But then we went, Eric and I went after the dinner to see uh, Matt Donnelly. Mm. Was and he? Monday night in the parlor, prestidigitation at the Magic Castle. Well, you're, he you're, was great. You're behind his microphones. Yes. So sometimes. That's why I'm here. Because he's there, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. He's working tonight. And uh, he was good? He was great. Really good. Uh, speaking of being a personable magician, mm -hmm. yeah, he's quite personable. Now, is he doing what Handsome Jack told him? He's no longer wearing overalls? He was, yeah. He was wearing like a, you know, sort of a brocaded tuxedo jacket and black pants. Oh, and uh, nice. yeah, it was nice. He was, right. it was, it didn't affect it in any way. It made me think, maybe I'm an asshole and an <laughs> idiot for wearing a plaid suit all these years. I could just be dressing normally. Yeah. <laughs> Go out there in like a sweater. <laughs> right? Sweater and jeans. We been reading the newspapers. <laughs> That'll be your opening instead of howdy. <laughs> and how was the Big Mac King show going? Uh good. I've been off for a week, which is quite lovely. Uh CES uh is here. We uh, were excited about taking Super Bowl week off, and then we're working so much Super Bowl week, but not doing our show. Oh, you are. We're up at like 4 a.m. doing like CBS morning oh, shows. yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard anything back from that. <clears throat> Never mind. I bet, you're, I bet you're doing it instead of me. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I did get an email asking if I was interested. Huh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Anyway. I uh, bet they're not just doing us. I bet. That's right. So hopefully. <laughs> But I, I am stupidly working the week leading up to Super Bowl week. Yeah, I think it'll be terrible. It'll be terrible. But I'm, uh, but I'm taking the following two weeks off for fun stuff. Oh, because there might be people that actually come to your show, and why not play the weeks where you're not going to make any money and take off the weeks that would be good? Is that right? Is that well, you put it like that? <laughs> <laughs> it seems stupid. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's my plan. <laughs> what are you going to do for that? I'm going to England for a few days of fun and uh, London, and then to Blackpool Magic Convention. Oh yeah, you're working. I'm, I'm working that, and then I'm going to Spain the following week and just hanging out. Actually, I'm. It ended up I'm going to do two nights in Jorge Blas's Magic Festival in Madrid. Oh, but I'm really going to see Juan. Right. Yeah. Is he in? Is he down Sevilla or is he up in? He's going to be in Madrid. They say. Oh, good. So yeah. Well, give him my best. I will. Are you going to the eclipse in April? No, I don't know anything about the eclipse. Well, we can, we, if you can make the date, uh, we're going down to San Antonio, be with Tim Jennison of Tim's oh, Vermeer. Yeah, yeah, of course. There's a ranch outside of San Antonio that was for people who want to shoot big game. You know, they can pretend they're in Africa, and there's all these African animals that have been brought over to this place in San Antonio so that rich people could go and they'd pay money and they'd shoot an African animal. And Tim Jennison bought it because he wanted the ranch. 
but he doesn't want anybody to shoot the animals. So now he has a ranch that has all these African animals on it. And I said, what animals are there? And he started telling me the animals, and I thought he was having a stroke because the words made no sense at all. But they're, those things are the weird horns and antlers and yeah. all these different kinds of weird. Yeah, I think those are called kayaks. <laughs> I thought it, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they have weird curly horns and yeah, stuff. And yeah. He has like Cape and Buffalo. So do they, does he have to feed them or do yeah. they feed on each other? <laughs> no, <laughs> he just, he doesn't have any of the lions right. or, uh, or predators. Yeah. He just has all these flocks of essentially weird deer. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so they just hang around and he, so, but he does, so he will have to feed he those. He does feed them. Yeah. He has people that feed them. Yeah. Yeah. And take he does care of part, them. Yeah. We're going to get like a house down there and we're going to be there for the eclipse. Wait, he has a ranch? And you're not staying at his ranch? I think we're staying at his ranch, but also a bunch of us oh, may I be see. going. Gotcha, yeah. So he may, he may not be able to support all of us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're just a flock of deer, <laughs> weird deer. <laughs> then we're going to go down there for the uh, for the eclipse. Oh. Have you been to an eclipse before? No. They're pretty great. Yeah? It, it's pretty amazing. So f- let's work on the date, and if you can't make it, then we'll try to push it back or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, sh- it should be whenever the most people can be there. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. But I, uh, in the 90s, uh, Tim Jennison took me in his private jet down to Mexico. And all I was upset about was that- This we, isn't going to be about having sex with people. No. Okay, good. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, was, I, was, uh, I was hopeful that he would actually have to go to Nova Scotia. So I could say, and I flew my Learjet up to Nova Scotia to see the total eclipse of the sun. Because <laughs> I am yeah, paying, of course. that song is about me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that was a great Martin Ball joke. Uh, when he would say something, like he said afterwards, oh, that was a great guitar solo I just played. Ooh, better be careful or Carly will write another one about me. <laughs> That's a great joke. <laughs> and... Uh, we flew down and, and saw the eclipse, and it was amazing. Yeah, I, I ain't never seen no big eclipse. And then I went, I helicoptered in somewhere to see another one a few years ago. San Antonio is, is almost in totality. We just drive out a little bit and see totality. It's an incredible, incredible event, the eclipse. And I remember um, Tim Jennison uh, gave me a huge, long speech about how you look through this glass to protect your eyes. And then when it's totality, you can look at it for a little while. But when it starts to come out, you have to put the glass back over. Or he said, you will see the eclipse for the rest of your life. <laughs> he said, it's very dangerous. You can't do that. And I said, Tim, I know enough to, uh, to look away from the sun. And he said, okay, but it's an important thing to remember. So I'm watching the eclipse and it goes to totality and I pull the glass away and I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm looking and all of a sudden Tim hits me on the arm and says, are you looking at the, I go, yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So after all of that, I still had to be reminded, but it's a pretty amazing event, the eclipse. And I think we're probably going to record some uh, Sunday schools down there because ready, you're going, right, ready? Probably. Depends on what animals I can hunt. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
You took your elephant hunting gun, right? <laughs> but I think it'll be a uh, taking my mom. <laughs> it'll be a, it'll be a good event. Uh, that sounds great. I would love to do that. And uh, we, weird thing happened. I I had decided because you know this is a big deal for me. You know how I am about taking time off. I don't I don't like to take time yep. off. I really don't. And if I do take time off from the show, I do like a movie or something. You know, I don't. So I had decided five years ago because eclipses uh, uh, are planned in advance. <laughs> I had decided five years ago I was taking time off to see the eclipse. And I was originally going to go up to Nova Scotia to see the total <laughs> eclipse of the sun. But I decided to change to San Antonio. So I said to, to Glenn, no, I want this time off to go and see the eclipse. And Glenn was going, well, can we get you to do the show Saturday night? Then you'll travel Sunday. The eclipse on a Monday morning. Monday, oh, it is? Monday 1 a.m., yeah. Oh, that's 1 good. 1 p.m., 1 p.m., yeah. Monday. Oh, that's that's almost due. I mean, I'm off on Sundays and Mondays. Yeah, so, you could do yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I said, and he said, we'll get back. I said, no, I want a, a couple more days off after it so I can see Tim and hunt weird deer with weird names. <laughs> right. Throw a sponge ball at them. Because I love throwing things at animals. I don't want to hurt them, but I'm throwing things. I just. I like to startle them. I do. Oh, I do. I love to startle an animal. Nothing I like more. Throwing a, throwing a, throwing a little like ball at a squirrel. Oh, nothing better in the world. So I imagine with weird African deer. Oh, yeah. It could just be great. Like throw an empty liter bottle at a yeah. deer. I'd love that. Nerf gun. Yeah. Boy, I'd like that. I don't understand the photography hunting, but the but the shooting them was something that wouldn't hurt them. I love that. You know, it's like catch and release. It's like shoot and resuscitate. <laughs> <laughs> That's a JB hit Swiss joke. It is. Yeah. Oh, I, never... I don't do catch and release, but I do shoot and resuscitate. Oh, that's a good joke. Yeah. <laughs> so I said I'm going to take the time off. I'll be all set. I'll all go. And then I don't know if I'm going to believe this, but Glenn said to me, "Oh, we get an offer." To play San Antonio that Tuesday night after the eclipse. I said, really? He said, yeah, we have an offer to play uh, San Antonio right when you're going to be there. I said, oh, so I can fly to San Antonio, see the eclipse. He said, yeah, yeah, I do a show the next night. So it's all covered in. I went, oh, good. That's probably a lie, right? He probably went and looked for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's 100% that he went and looked for it. That was it. It's not a... That's too much of a coincidence. Oh, he said they called him. He said, imagine Oh, yeah, after he called them. (laughs) They did call him. Hi, this is Glenn. Can you call me back? And they (laughs) called him back. And (laughs) so it's wrong because it'd be wrong to lie to you. Yeah, it would be. But (laughs) yeah. He was very excited about the coincidence. Yeah. All right. So we'll do a show on, uh, on Tuesday night. In, uh, in, so, uh, so the whole trip is tax deductible. The whole trip is paid for, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah not just tax deductible. I want to talk to you, Mac King. About, I'm right here, Pen. Okay, about Masterclass. <laughs> Masterclass. This is a development since I was here last. <laughs> yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. There's now, I've composed, yeah. I've composed a piece for Masterclass. <laughs> You know what it is. I, of course I know what it is. It's lifelong learning. It's uh, it's. Great. Is there a Penn and Teller master class? Yeah, it sure is. I thought there master was. Master class on magic. Yeah. And when you look at the other people that do master classes, like- Is there a Steve Martin master Steve class? Martin, and there's uh, Ron Howard, 
and there's like all these cooks who I don't know the names of. There's like astronauts. It's the best people in their field. And then Penn and Teller. Ah. The cooks are named Dick Dick and Clip Springer. Is that a joke I don't get or is that real? Yes. Oh, what is the joke? Those are animals from Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Those are probably, uh, and you can, you can learn on masterclass how to cook them up. Yeah. I guess they're still waiting to have you do one. But in the meantime, there's a Penn and Teller one there. Yeah. Yeah. They're never going to ask me. Oh. They have you guys for masterclass. But I'm doing PhD class. Uh -huh. But you. <laughs> there's a Sedaris one? Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that you're really interested in. There's 11 categories, over 180 instructors. It's really well done. It's beautifully produced. You know, you expect these things to be dry and kind of ugly, and they're really not. They're really beautifully done. And the people who uh, do it with you, that did it with us, they kind of learn everything from you and then help you teach it again, which is pretty great. Anything you've been watching there already? I'm going to double dip here. Okay. We talked about Kevin Hart briefly last week. Mm -hmm. I'd forgotten to bring my notes. Mm -hmm. So you asked me what points he had to make. Yeah. And I put that in the episode without you hearing about it, but I still want to talk to you about it. Okay. <laughs> he says you have to be delusional in your dreams because no one else will. Well, that's nice. How do you feel about that? I think that's, uh, it's not the way I see the world. I tend to, um, I've never been one to have goals and dreams. Um, and I probably should. Are you one to have goals and dreams, man? I don't know. Uh, I am buffeted about by the world and it's turned out great. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's true. Uh, no, I don't like writing down. This is where I'd like to be in five years. And this never, is never done that stuff. Have you ever done that kind of stuff ready? I got the delusional part down. <laughs> <laughs> but it the the point here is that everybody that teaches these master classes, you learn stuff even if you don't want to learn what they're teaching. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah the the instructors just have so many so many interesting uh, so many interesting things to say. And once you're a member, you're a member. So you have access to all of these. And I don't need, do we need to say anymore? It's like when NBC was still saying that the shows are in color. You know, it's like, but they're available on TV, on the apps, on the website. We know that about everything, right? Yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. So we don't need it's to. It's accessible. It's accessible. Easily accessible and a great way to spend time because it's lifelong learning, which is, you know, all we really care about. So, uh, you should really be involved in masterclass. You should be a member. Of, I'm sorry. That was not, that's for the future one. Uh, I'm trying like to, I did that. There you go. <laughs> and right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash pen. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash pen. Masterclass.com slash pen. I think it adds a lot to it, don't you? Uh, well, it, it adds. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on in magic? Who do you like in magic now? I was quite taken. I had a great weekend at the Magic Castle seeing Eric Mead, who I'd never seen in that environment behind the bar. I'd seen him up at uh, wherever he was. Oh, Snowmass or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 Uh, the John Denver place. And he was really, really good. Yeah, I never saw him up there. And he was so good back there, so relaxed, but engaging. It was just really kind of perfect. Who else have I seen recently? 
I'll tell you what's going on in Magic. You know who is now in Mad Apple? Who? Nick DeFott. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's good for him. Yeah, that's good for him. Is he? I think I'm going tonight, so I'm anxious to see, you know, if, because it could be as, you know, he just started, so tonight could be his last night. (laughs) (laughs) There's someone who knows show business. (laughs) Don't wait to support your friends. No, no, that's right. Yeah. I waited a few days so he could get his, you know, feet under my feel like, and then go tonight. Good. But he just started this week. Uh Uh-huh. And he's kind of replacing uh, Harrison Greenbaum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But was there a long gap there? Well, I think they've had a few different people, and uh, one of the people who's coming in to that show, I think it's uh, Captain Frodo. Do you know him? No. Oh, Pen, so great. He's amazing. You, you, you've seen him, ready? Many times. Yeah, uh, Captain Frodo. I think he's Swedish, but long hair, no shirt, pierced nipples. Puts his body through a couple of tennis rackets. Oh, I have seen him. Slapstick, falls off the stage, tangled up in a microphone. Every every second is the one of the most beautifully choreographed physical comedy things I've ever seen. Modern George Carl. Oh, uh, yeah. I was going to say like George Carl. Yeah. 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 Just stupendous. I think he's coming over to do it too. Uh, oh, good. Yeah. I'd go to see that. Yeah, exactly. It is. It's really. I'm anxious to see him in that room. I, he was in uh, Absinthe a little bit, but he was also in Opium for quite a, a while. And he also does another thing where he he's got like cans and he stacks. He takes a can out of a can and puts it on top of it and takes another smaller can out and builds this pyramid of cans. But as he's building it, somehow he's standing on them too, and he gets up to like a little soup can that he's sitting on. And then he puts his hands, head, his feet behind his head. Hands is not as funny or incredible. <laughs> puts his feet behind his head and then says, kids, follow your dreams. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, you know, I'm not a big, it, it's very hard to get me to one of those shows. Yeah. Very, maybe that wouldn't do it uh, to go to, you know, Mad Apple or to go to Absinthe or one of those. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I don't, it's not a thing I go to. Yeah. You know, I want to see Bob Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's other stuff too, though, all right? I mean, there's a lot of days in the week. Yeah, yeah. Besides, so you go every day to see Bob Dylan, I guess. I would, yeah. Yeah. If I could see Bob Dylan every day, I'd go every day. Yeah. On the other hand, Duck Dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> would, would not look over there. <laughs> would not look to my left. Yeah. You look to your right, you can see Bob Dylan. <laughs> Well, no, I would. I right would, now. Yeah. <laughs> I would, um, I have, as a matter of fact, flown across the country to see Bob Dylan. Yeah. I've flown across, I've never done that, but I've flown across the country a couple times to see David Byrne. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You saw the uh, the American yeah, yeah, show. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best live shows I've ever seen. Yep. Me too. Yeah. Uh, that was such a good show. Such a very good show. And uh, when you're over in Spain, you should see if Fido is playing. Fido? Fido uh, e Fito Palales. It's, uh, he's like the, uh, this, none of this is fair to him, but we know it's not fair, so I'll just say it. Uh, he's the, uh, he's the uh, Bruce Springsteen of Spain. Oh, really? Uh, except I think better by a lot. And uh, he's, uh, he's an incredible, incredible performer. But he plays stadiums there, so you'd have to, have it lined up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, because of me, um, Hondro now knows him. 
Oh. Because Hondro knew I was a fan when I started studying Spanish. So Hondro is a wonderful gift to me. Took me to see as a surprise, Fido. And because Hondro, you know, is wicked famous in Spain, we were invited backstage. Fido and he and I became friends, and now Hondro's good friends with Fido. So you go over there. Yeah, you know, I was taking Spanish lessons, right? And uh, I still have a tutor, and I go every week uh, over the computer to have Spanish lessons. And it was really- My wife does the same. Oh, really? Yeah. It was really funny, because I just, you know, I just hired a guy, you know, whatever that company is that does that lingua something, of course. And uh, I just hired a guy. Just found a guy that my schedule is tough because I want to have it at my time here, and that's evening in uh, in Spain. And I also, Hondro has strong rules, strong rules. Oh, yeah. We talked about this. Yeah. Well, the three of us together, I think. Yeah. No Mexican. No Mexican. No. He doesn't want me. He said, you are speaking the language of Cervantes. He said, not of gangbangers, <laughs> which is a very Trumpian thing to yeah, say. Yeah, that is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not Cortez. <laughs> <laughs> that's the better way so um so i i found this guy right so, so i have a good student i had my first meeting my very first meeting with him because my other spanish teacher was the uh, oh this is recent you changed yeah oh because i didn't my, realize my other spanish teacher was is the daughter of my high school girlfriend and she had a, she and her mother were having a fight. And so she couldn't teach me Spanish. Wow. So I had to get another guy. So I got this guy in. It was a really funny Whose son is he? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but we had this conversation. And I, he said, um, I think he kind of sort of knew from my name that I might do magic or something. But we're not that well known in Spain. So he says to me, uh, we're talking, I believe we were talking in English, I don't, we might have been Spanish, and he says to me, um, do you have friends in Spanish that you talk to? And I said, uh, Hondro, I talk to Hondro every week, I talk to Hondro every week for three years, we talk 90 minutes a week, we always do, we've only missed like two weeks. He says, Hondro? I go, yeah. He said, Hondro from the anthill? I said, yeah. He goes, wow, you, you know Hondro. And I went, yeah. And he said, um, do you have other friends you talk to? I said, well, Juan Tamarith. <laughs> 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 and he just freezes, right? And he says, and then this is all true, because this is the people I know. And I said, you know, Danny D'Artez and Hector and a few other people. And then I say, and this is the mind blower, he says, uh, do you, you know, do you listen to Spanish music? And I said, well, my friend Fido. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like he was gonna it's really exactly like saying well i i'm learning english and i talk to tom hanks right. every week for 90 minutes yeah. and to then practice a, my english and then a, you know i also talk to de niro now and again and then uh for music i listen to springsteen because he and i are friends and you right go, yeah okay so you're learning you're learning english you've got some good people there so, uh, but Hondro's really not pleased with this guy because he's from southern Spain. Hondro thinks 
that if you are speaking Spanish, you, you should be <laughs> from <laughs> Valencia. Yeah, that's right. And that's where you should be yeah. from. Yeah. And that's it. Do cerveza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's very, very um, close-minded. Yeah. And he said, uh, he said to my new, which is startling, because um, my new Spanish teacher, who never thought he would meet Hondro, now gets a message from Hondro that says, if Penn ends up with even the slightest Southern accent, I will kill you. Sincerely, Hondro. Sincerely. <laughs> wow. Lays it out very clearly. And my friend who was a uh, uh, Spanish teacher for the U.S. Army and who's from Mexico, Hondro said to her, if, if he picks up one piece of slang from Mexico, you and I will have trouble. Andro, very, very Spain-centric. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think he's kidding. <laughs> you think he's what? Kidding? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nope. I, I don't know. I don't know. But if we were doing this in English, he would be saying- are. Yeah. He'd be saying- <laughs> I want you to have a Western Massachusetts accent. If you start talking like Mac King, I will kill you. <laughs> if I hear one howdy out of you, right. you know, because no one in Western Massachusetts has ever said howdy. The truth is no one in Kentucky says it either, right? No, that's not a big Kentucky thing, but I mean, yeah. It you just thought, I want to have a career like Minnie Pearl. <laughs> howdy. Yeah. So because she says that, it must be that she's, you know, Tennessee, Nashville-y kind of, mm -hmm. right? But I think you, that you can pretty much equate Tennessee and Kentucky as far as speech patterns go. Mm -hmm. And so so it must be something in Kentucky, I think. I think, But outdated now, right? Oh, yeah. Totally yeah. outdated. Yeah. And probably at the time Minnie Pearl was doing it, it was outdated a little, right? Yeah. So you're, you're waiting for it to come back around. Yeah, I'm bringing it back. Yeah, big band music coming back. <laughs> There'll be big band music and people saying howdy. Did you ever consider having like a price tag somewhere on your clothing to just really give no, tribute to? No, uh -uh. that course. seemed a little too much. I mean, I mean, I started saying it before I kind of realized, I mean, I, okay, shoot, I guess that is from Minnie Pearl, but I, <laughs> but I didn't consciously do that. Yeah. But once I, once I started doing it, I couldn't like. No, that would have been too much. I used to have a sign. Did we talk about this? I used to have a, a note pinned to the lapel of my jacket that said, this is my son, Mac King. Please see that he gets off the bus at the Funny Bone. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever club I was yeah. working that week. But yeah, that used to be a, a thing I had. Yeah. That's a, you used to also be a Viking, right? Yeah, that's yeah. that was way before. Yeah. yeah. Back in my youth. Yeah. <laughs> you wore a uh, a hat with I wore a, a well I so yeah I wore a viking helmet mm -hmm. but I mean it was you know it wasn't very authentic it was plastic with styrofoam horns mm -hmm. and I didn't say I was Norse mm -hmm. I said I was from Belgium <laughs> of course <laughs> because uh then uh, I could say I spoke Belgian and people, you know, especially in Kentucky, you wouldn't go, well, there's no such language as Belgian. It, it sort of sounded like it could have been ha a thing. As opposed to Norse. 
I don't, no, I don't know how. I mean, I, I for some reason Belgian was came first, and then I put on a goofy helmet. So you were kind of in chocolate face, <laughs> claiming claiming to be Dutch when you, when you actually weren't. Is that right? Wait, what face? <laughs> I said chocolate face. I was trying to think what the Dutch what Dutch, yeah, cocoa, right? cocoa face. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But I mean, you were doing precisely uh, <laughs> what Bamberg was doing. Yeah, I guess that's. Did right. you have a I translator? Uh, <laughs> Every yeah, yeah. Lance would translate for me sometimes. <laughs> that's not true. No, it's a funny idea. Yeah. <laughs> oven face. Oven face. Oh, oven face. That's good. Yeah, you're, you're an oven yeah. face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But I was from Belgium, so I was waffle face. You have waffle face. <laughs> <laughs> Had you been to Belgium at that point? No. <laughs> Have you ever been to Belgium? Yeah. Really? I think so. I've never been to Belgium. Because I was I was everywhere with the residents, but that was way back in the eighties. Yeah. So I don't remember. But they went to Belgium. Yeah, I think so. Residents were a big deal and uh residents are bigger in Europe than they are over here, which is saying next to nothing. Yeah. I was talking to my son about how the uh residents got their name. Because my my son he has a little comedy troupe. Oh, I didn't know. He, that's with his friends. And they are called, I love this Are these story. like all uh, LVA kids yeah. or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the name of their group is Affordable RVs. <laughs> that's and, a good name. And me. the way he got the name is fabulous. It just made me laugh so much. Affordable RVs. They needed a name for their group. He went, he went to a website. That was a naming website where you put in the kind of thing you do and they, they give you suggestions. Really? Yeah. They do that for bands and everything. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So you, you want a band name, yeah, yeah. you do that. So he wrote in all the stuff and he hit return and the page came up and there was a banner ad across the top. <laughs> right. It said affordable RVs. And he said, boy, this works really well. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what some of the actual suggestions were. You don't know. I don't, I don't know. No, no. But that's that's true. So I told him the story about the residents. You know the. Residents. I don't know the origin story of that name. No, oh, it's 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 the same story, really. They did their first record, which was called Baby Sex, <laughs> and it was a cacophony. As my son said, I tried listening to some of your friends, the residents, Dad, and it. It's not pleasant. <laughs> yeah. And they sent the tape. This is way back. This is this would have been 71, maybe 70. They sent the tape to Warner Brothers saying, here's a record. We'd like, to, we were a band. We'd like you to, you know, develop us and be on your label and da 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 And they got the uh, tape back two days later saying residence and their address. Because they hadn't put a name for the band. And they said, Warner Brothers knows promotion. They know how to build the band. They've named us. We're the residents. <laughs> wow. Isn't that a great Yeah. That's, uh, so one of the other jobs my wife had when she was in school was a counselor at an abortion clinic. Mm -hmm. She was talking to a woman there, and the woman's name was Famal. You, you know that story? I, I, You've heard something, or we've, or we've talked about it. Well, I... I've always thought this was a friend of a friend story. No, no, this was my uh, friend. I mean, not it's a pretty good friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> said that they brought this baby to the mom in the hospital, and it said female on the wristband, and they thought that 
first person in her family to have a baby in the hospital. And they thought the hospital named that baby. Yeah, there you go. Since we're talking about yellow face, and since we've already dipped into um, a little bit of racism on the show here <laughs> with Mexicans and so on, I thought we would go all the way. Uh, <laughs> when, we, when we had movie night in New York, yep. there was a Chinese-American woman, Asian woman who came. She was a friend, friend of a friend who started coming to movie night. Wonderful, wonderful woman. And her name was Glace. And after I had known her for a few weeks and I was brave enough, I said, your, your name is uh, Glace. And I said, is that? She said, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. That's why my name is Glace. That is why. I said, Real? She yes. Yes. They wrote down in the birth certificate what they heard my mother say for the name of her child. Glace. There's a nice moment of silence <laughs> for, for Glace. Yeah. Isn't that fabulous? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know, it's all the Ellis Island story. Right. Yeah. All yeah, those yeah. all those names that come through. And uh, you know, okay, you you that's the name you want, that's the name we'll write down. And there's like Lamangelo too is also the yeah yeah I, yeah the twins I heard that too yeah Lamangelo and Orangelo yeah <laughs> yeah I don't think that's a real thing no but it's a good name yeah 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 it's a good name yeah right up there with Lemony Snicket yeah right I don't think that's his real name either but uh, yeah I've heard Lamangelo and Orangelo I heard Murine and Visine which I quite like <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> That's really good. And my brother-in-law claimed, and my brother-in-law wasn't much of a liar, I mean, compared to the rest of the family. My brother-in-law claimed that he had a teacher in school named Mr. Othus. O-U-T-H-O-U-S-E. Really? Outhouse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that can't be true. Right? I don't think so. Yeah. But he, I, I didn't know him to lie about many things. Yeah. But that might have just been a... But he heard. He, he, it's one of those things. But... You and I, and maybe Johnny, can't remember, named our daughter, uh -huh. right? Sky's her middle name. Right. And we laughed at the pepper mill, I remember, yeah, about trying to think of different names. Joe would be, you know, and I was really fighting if it was a boy to name my kid Joe King. Yeah. But Would was, you do the spelling so it worked out right? J-O? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We, it never came to it. Uh, once no. you have a dick trickle, don't you just give up? Dick trickle? You know that name? No. That's a that's a real name for a guy, a race car driver. <laughs> and either Dick Trickle or uh, somebody, one of the other Trickles lived here in Las Vegas. Our daughter went to school with one of the Trickle boys <laughs> <laughs> when she was in elementary school. And so we were, we were over at their house uh, for a birthday party. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, if your name is, if your real last name is Trickle, how could you name your child Richard, yeah. right? Or if your last name is Hunt, how can <laughs> how you not can, name? <laughs> how can you not name your son Mike? Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or anything that ends in a hard k. <laughs> <laughs> you got to. Yeah. You got to. You know that story. I I fell prey to that. Uh huh. We used to have on your way into my show little business cards, and you would fill it out, and you would win a book. And mm -hmm. we we were building a email list, mm -hmm. right? You'd win a book during the show, and I would draw your name out of the fishbowl. And I, I actually read out Mike Hunt 
<laughs> but see, for me, that's not a problem because you've heard how I say Max King. Yeah. Yeah. I I separate those yeah. things. And I, I didn't I, I completely got by me enough to get it out of me and and but one table of dudes <laughs> howling. <laughs> And I'm like, oh no! Did they ask if your refrigerator was running? <laughs> right. Yeah, I fell for both those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Nosmo, we talked about. Yeah, Nosmo is good. Um, yeah, that's uh, so. That was made up by, as far as I know, Jasper Maskelin, the war magician. You know that story? Yeah. Yeah. So he performed as a kid as Nosmo King. Mm. <laughs> He really did, huh? Yeah, so, I mean, that's what it says in uh, his one of his autobiography things, or the, the War Magician book. It might even be in there. I'm not sure. Everything in that book is entirely factual. <laughs> right. Well, there is that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been kind of disproven completely, right, that he aided in any way the war effort. I don't know. But people get, lo love it so much. Yeah. They yeah. love the fact that a magician helped in war. Yeah. Because... What else? What worse could you do than being a magician? How about a magician <laughs> who kills tribute to killing? <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> I guess, although they would claim he contributed to saving. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the problem with war. Yeah, yeah, that's a problem with war. What are, what are the problems? Not because there's one problem. What is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Say it. Say it. Say it. Again. Good God, y'all. <laughs> was supposed to be the temps that uh, that did uh, war. And then Edwin Starr, um, when the temps didn't want it, Edwin Starr took it over. Oh, because the was, temps did do it later. Yeah. 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 Was, That's the first album I ever bought with my own money. What? The temps? Psychedelic Shack by the Temptations. Oh, it's a good record, isn't it? Oh, my God. So yeah. good. Well, I'm reading, you know, I'm, I'm listening to this endless podcast, uh, uh, The History of Rock Music and 500 Songs yeah, yeah. by Andrew Hickey. And I am not, I'm not well-versed at all on Motown, soul, and even funk very much. Yeah. So uh, it's really filling in that. It's really nice. Well, I mean, of those things, you know, I mean, not funk, but, you know, that Motown, soul, the Temptations, you listen to those early records, they're unbelievable how yeah. good they are. Yeah, really good. Yeah. Yeah, every time I go back to those, you know, the Bob Dylan's philosophy of modern song, his stuff on the uh, on the temps is wonderful. Oh yeah, yeah, really, really, really great. Well, that whole Motown thing, you know, is just uh, is just our culture. It's so much of our culture. Yeah. It's just uh, just everything. And James Brown, I, I I knew James Brown was great, but really digging into James Brown and that that E ninth chord, you know, which is. Uh, there's an apocryphal story about preaching to the choir. <laughs> You're big. I don't know. I mean, I love James Brown, but I don't know what E9 uh, even means, except he, for bingo. He's <laughs> <laughs> bingo -y. bingo -y. <laughs> Um There's a story that's probably apocryphal saying to a new guitarist he was hiring, Can you play an E9 chord? And the person saying, well, of course. He says, can you play it all night? Because <laughs> at a certain point in um, James Brown's career, he was into, um, well, pretty modal music. He was not changing chords. And he was really having his guitar player stay on the E9 chord a lot. Because <laughs> E9 is a thick chord that 
almost any melody will go over it. So it's, uh, but this is probably not interesting to anybody. Let's get back to yellow face. <laughs> and, Co- and cocoa face. Did, did you, did you ever try to convince anyone that you actually were? Uh, oh yeah. hundred percent. Oh yeah. People. And when we were, we worked three summers in a row. What, how'd that come to you that you wanted to be Belgian? Was it based on Aikido and those guys? No, not at all. I don't, I mean, it just, I don't know. I, I can't tell you where that came from. It, it was a joke first, right? It was a joke first, maybe, but I mean, but Lance and I, you know, it, I started talking like that to make him laugh or people laugh and, you know, in a goofy foreign accent. And then I started doing my act. Andy and, Kaufman thing. Yeah. Well, that's why I quit doing it. Ah. Is, you know, oh, that's really funny. It's kind of like Andy Kaufman. I'm like, ah. well, okay, never mind. I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to try to be more like Mac King. Mac King. Uh, Mike Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> so I, those are interchangeable. I didn't ever really notice. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I don't, I don't, I know, but, but I did, you know, when we were at this amusement park, I would talk like that off stage to, to the customers, right? You know, we'd be walking around the park and, you know, trying to find, you know, girls. And I would, I would talk in that accent. You would talk? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Crazy to think back and go, what, why, what? Well, you were 17. Yeah, that's right. And would you, would you search for the American word when you couldn't think of it and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. Or I would say, you know, or like make up, you know, what, what I felt like, you know, if you're trying to say uh window pane, you know, you go, Clear glass, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Just trying to make up simple things to describe complex, more complex words. I don't know. It was silly. Let's hear the accent a little bit. Hello, I am the Baron Maximilian von King. I am from Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> and that did rock you to start him? <laughs> right? <laughs> astonishing. <laughs> So I just read this really great thing. Lenny Kravitz was talking about how much it helped him. He felt like to become Lenny Lenny Kravitz to have, what was that thing he called himself before? Like Apollo or something. Mm -hmm. There was some, he had some character with colored contact lenses and other stuff. And he said, you know, that really helped me to just decide to be more me in contrast to that persona he said i got really into david bowie and i really wanted to be this you know out there character and i did that for a while and it really helped me to be lenny kravitz and, so and that's that's why uh everybody refers to you as the lenny kravitz of magic <laughs> yeah that's kind of like the least complimentary thing <laughs> anyone's ever said to me i'm pretty sure <laughs> Well, I, I've always thought of you. I, uh, I have. I always think of myself more as the Terrence Trent Darby. <laughs> um, um, Carrie Coleman, yep. who, who is a very, very funny uh, actor in LA and uh, an old girlfriend of mine. Yep. Carrie uh, Coleman had this story that just killed me. She was at a party. When she first that got was the name that she went under, Addie Party? <laughs> Addie Party. Uh, she was at a party in L.A. What if, when she first got there. And she decided with a friend of hers, as a joke, that she would talk in an English accent for the whole party and be introduced as being from England. So she was doing that. 
And she couldn't have known this, but she met a really, really hot guy that she wanted to be involved in with, sorry, the other way around. And um, so she talked to him and they flirted a lot and they ended up being involved. And two weeks, which was really funny, two weeks. She had to do that accent? After fucking him and hanging out with him and going out, he finally said to her, do you want to drop the accent? <laughs> wow. <laughs> she didn't fess up. That's the part of the story. Oh, that at makes- that point, she didn't say, what are you talking about? No, 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 no. She said, she, did, she didn't fess up before that. Yeah. What are, her yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. I don't really have an English accent, is one level of funny. Yeah. The other level is the guy just saying, after sex, after dinners, after everything, saying, do you want to drop the accent now? <laughs> I still like you. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I know. And you know where Carrie Coleman's from? Kentucky. Is she really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Louisville. Right, right, outside, right outside of Louisville. Right near we Li- must have talked about right that. near Lively Shively. Oh, really? We must have talked about that, but I didn't oh, yeah. remember that. Yeah, yeah, you did. So I guess people in Kentucky, anything you can hold on to that would get you to not be from Kentucky, you're going to do. I'm from Belgium. I'm from England. <laughs> right. Well, our kid used to tell people she was from Kentucky. She was born here, raised here, grew up here, never, you know, lived more than four weeks in a row, maybe in Louisville, but. She used to she used to be ashamed of being from Las Vegas, mm-hmm. so she would tell people that she was from Kentucky. Well, it is startling that my children have Las Vegas accents. Yeah. It's startling, you know. And they don't think they do, of course. Yeah. I can't. I mean, is there a Las Vegas accent? Yes. There is. It's very hard to articulate. Yeah, I can't. I but can't, every once I can't, in a while. I couldn't say yeah. what that is. But I, I hear it, you know, or maybe it's just not New England. Yeah, that I hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Terry Gross did an interview with the Asparagus Valley Cultural Society. Oh, I never knew that. She did several. She was only Philadelphia. Oh, this was before Fresh Air was nationwide. Yes. Yeah. yes. It was only Philadelphia, and it was like 1976, and that just resurfaced. Oh, right? really? Yeah. And handsome Jack, dig it up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I actually think yes. <laughs> and um, I did listen to it, but I got all these emails from friends saying, you know, are you selling Petridge Farms cookies? You know, <laughs> is, is that what you're doing? My, I have a, first of all, my voice has, is not gravelly, it's clear, and with a heavy New England accent. And uh, everybody was making fun of me. Because, you know, I lost a lot of my accent. When I go back to New England and I'm talking to people in Western Massachusetts and, you know, it's wicked every other word and, uh, and it's, it's, it's those vowels that we try to avoid. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, it's really funny. But there is a fresh air of me talking in my natural habitat <laughs> before, before Teller beat it out of me. Yeah. <laughs> and I tried to talk like I was from the United States. In my uh, mom's stuff, Mm -hmm. I found a cassette tape that I had sent to my grandfather Mm -hmm. when I was 15 or something, just talking. Mm -hmm. You know, we would, he would send us a tape and I would send him a tape. Mm -hmm. 
Because you didn't have phones then. Well, that's the you know that's the weird thing. I'm like, we did. I didn't remember doing it at all. Mm-hmm. And but it was something he somebody had gotten him a tape recorder, so yeah. he thought I'm going to do this with my grandchildren. Sure. Yeah. And you you sound uh, and oh my god, I mean how <laughs> how hillbilly it is. It's great. I've been working on some magic. I mean, <laughs> magic is like six syllables. <laughs> Yeah, in in mine, you know, Terry Gross has taught him go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we started, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm doing that. <laughs> wow. You, you know, it's really like that. That is he talking like a seagull? What's he doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When someone's talking, and you're from New England, the whole time they're talking, you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's to show that you're listening. Yeah, no, you go, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's eye contact and nodding. Yes. Yeah. In the rest of the country. <laughs> <laughs> we just rumble like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But that has that has seen the light of day. You should but you actually put on more of an accent in your show, right? I don't I'm not intentionally, no. Not at all. But I mean you do the howdy. How do you say howdy? But I don't think I have uh, much of a. When you go into the um, when you go into the fishing thing, and when you go into the um, this is I mean, there's su- some phraseology yeah, that's yeah. that's that. No, but, but I mean when yeah, you yeah, do yeah. those phrases, yeah, yeah, you yeah. go a little bit to the accent, you yeah, lean yeah. into it a little bit. Yeah. yeah, but then we the rest of the time we talk like we're from the United States. <laughs> well, try yeah, yeah, yeah. Although when uh, I was in uh, D.C., that's where we were. And I just finished his show. Right over by Spain. Right over by Spain. <laughs> and a, a woman came up after the show, uh, the Big Pen and Teller show, and said, oh, I love that show so much. I've been out of New England living with my husband now for 20 years. It was so nice to hear someone say Wicked. Oh. Because, you know, in the Penn and Teller show, I do say Wicked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, and I do know. I do hold on to that. I hold on to that from my uh, from my youth. It's kind of like my howdy. Yeah. There's other stuff too, though. There pisser. must be a couple other. Pisser. You say it in the show? It's a wicked pisser. No, not in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of what else is in the show there. I think there's, in my head, there's something else too, but I can't. Well, I try to. There is a, there, there's a word for someone uh, who is mentally challenged that my children will not allow me to use. They consider it to be, and I guess it is a slur. To work. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. With an ED on the end. Yeah. Or when said in New England, that's kind of dropped. Yeah. And even the beginning RE is dropped. Yeah. Right? It's just, but that word, <laughs> yeah. That word is said. I don't think when I was back in uh, New England just recently, Western Massachusetts, with my nephew and his son and stuff. Seems like it's hard to go a full minute without, without someone using that. Word. Yeah, yeah. Usually about themselves. Yeah. Or about someone, or about the person you're addressing. What are you? Yeah, yeah. What are you? Just constant. You know, it's 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 a complete replacement for stupid, flawed, any of those words you want to use. It's just a catch-all. And my children do not approve, and correctly. Correctly, do not approve, but it's very hard to break me of it. Yeah, because that's just it's 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 in my, it's in my heart. Yeah, that's so. I say to them, no, 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 no. I'm allowed to say that. I'm from Massachusetts. 
Yeah, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> it's on the oh. other side of the euphemism treadmill. Yes, exactly. And if I... I don't know what the euphemism treadmill is. Euphemisms get turned into the very insult they have. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, see. you replace oh, yeah. the word with gay and you have high school kids saying that's so gay. Right. Which... Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's accomplished nothing. Obviously, that word was originally used to avoid the word idiot. Yes. Right, which was a slur. So it's yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. always yeah, rotating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always going. It's always moving. But, uh, yeah, so uh, I try to tell them that. But I, then I think about, imagine someone from Mississippi making a similar argument about another right, slur. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you go... Oh, I see. That doesn't sound good, does it? No. 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 Not that those two slurs are equivalent. They're not. But uh, just, to, just to say that I'm aware of the, uh, of the insanity and hypocrisy and how that sounds really when I say it. <laughs> I just wanted to say I'm really aware of that is all I wanted to say. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I don't think the uh, the Massachusetts uh, the Massachusetts uh, clause really works that way. <laughs> so we've covered a lot. We, yeah, we have yellow face, <laughs> cocoa face. I, I'm, uh, I'm, now I'm even sorrier. I finished that book. But it was a very nice thought from your daughter. Uh, it was a very nice thought. And uh, so it was a, you know, it's inscribed in the inside to my wife and me, but I believe my wife is not going to read it. Okay. So you know what I started though? That's really great. What's that? Uh, the Years with Ross. You no, know that? No. James Thurber? No. I love James Thurber. Well, I do too. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is about the guy who founded the New Yorker. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so far, stupendous. I mean, I'm like only 40 pages in. You know what I don't get is the Worcester and Jeeves stuff. I don't either. I've tried it a couple times because my cousin, who's the funniest person I know, mm -hmm. loves it. Stephen Banks, too. Stephen yeah. Fry. Yeah. I guess you have to be named Stephen, maybe. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. Well, uh, my cousin is Bill. But okay. Well, that's close to Stephen. Yeah. His middle name is Taylor, so that's almost Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> when you put the two together. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I never can do that Worcester and Jeeves stuff. Yeah. I, it doesn't appeal to me either. Woodhouse, the Woodhouse stuff. Yeah. I tried. Perlman? Uh, when I, long, long ago, when I was in high school, I read Perlman. Yeah. And is it still good? I don't know. Yeah. I could, you know, I started one once on my, again, on my cousin's recommendation. I'm reading, uh, Ann Patchett now. Uh, which one? Uh, I'm reading, uh, Tom Lake. I don't know. My wife loves Ann Patchett. Yeah, you know, I don't know why I, I why I started it, but I was looking through. Have you read other stuff? No, first thing, first thing I've ever read, and uh, I think it was because it comes from McCracken somehow. Ah, but uh, you're going to read. You like this? You'll like that. Yeah, maybe, or yeah. maybe she's a friend or something. I don't yeah. know of, of, but I had the, or maybe I had the wrong name. But I just said I've never read. I've seen this name all the time. Never read anything. Yeah, yeah. And boy, it's uh, it's smooth. Yeah. I don't know yet if it's great, yeah. but it's it just reads so nice. Yeah. Everything sounds beautiful. And yeah. Well, the same for me with Thurber. I mean, yeah. it's stupendous. And I remember in the fourth grade reading The Night the Bed Fell. You remember that short story yeah, yeah. from James Thurber? Yeah. And 
having to, I mean, pick myself literally up off the floor in school. We were like having a silent reading thing, and we read that story, and I was laughing so hard. And my friend Greg Livingston sitting next to me, and we were both just slapping each other on the back. I mean, howling. So it's a good. That's a good story. But his sentences are stupendous. I think James Thurber. There we go. It's it's, it's been actually a book show today. Yeah. All about books. That was Penn Sunday School brought to you by... Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong. Brought to you by Masterclass. <laughs> and you can give 15% off uh, Masterclass. A, uh, you become a member. Right now, 15% off membership at masterclass.com slash Penn. That was Penn Sunday School. That was Penn Sunday School. Cha-cha-cha. You become naked. I guess one of these days, I'm going to find out what key the theme is in so I can do some piano riffs during these sections. Wouldn't that be nice, a little piano solo? Yeah. You know how you should really end today, though. How's that? Ta-da. <laughs> Ta-da. Yeah. Maybe we should tell that joke right? next time. Next time you're on... We'll tell to now. We we know you know we love you. We know we love you. Hey, Matt Donnelly, you got anybody to thank? I do. I want to thank the following people supporting us over at patreon.com slash pen. Plenty of rewards to check out. Go there now if you aren't there already. Fine members of the congregation are there. Like, I get to see Piff live on November 16th. Harry the Gorillagician, Don Dottie, Kevin Burke, David McLaughlin, Old Bear Greg. Charlie Sheets says trans rights. No shit, Sherlock. And Shelley Ruger, Timothy Carver. Jenny loves Penn like Penn loves Dylan. Taylor Swift, Coach Rat Bastard, Emery the Extra Longshoreman. Dave, I want to finger your Cunt Brenner, Tristan Conant, Mason Gooch, Sagebrush, Matthew Mishu, Luke Mellon, Jason Andrew Davidson, Peter B. Clark, Matt Williams, Soapy Fresh, Brad Sherlag, Mike Cavanaugh, Rafiki, Steve Feldman, Jonathan P., NewRuleFX.com. Eric M. Ryan, Krista Hatchaby, Luke McKinney, Danny, insert meta joke here, Ruse, a little Mandar, Mike Fresh, tell me this ain't a bunch of crap, Chobathar Bowers, Adam Stickney, Nathan Julian, Jeremy in Shanghai, Christopher Harris, Petty Officer Scoop, Daniel, it takes courage for a man to admit his wife is wrong, William Rangarine, David K., Shane Brevik, Blue Drinks Film says clear your cookies, baby, Brandon Knapp, and Nick Dingman, thank you so much. Thank you.